Welcome back to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hey. Hi. So, big news that uh, Memphis finally announced that our COVID cases are declining. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I want to uh, preserve this for posterity's sake. (laughs) It seems like we're at a point, like a critical mass of people who have either had a vaccine or had COVID or both. So, maybe we're on the cusp. Hopefully it's over. Hopefully this Nipple virus doesn't keep keep spreading. This thing that's in India right now, it's like, Ugh. I don't think anybody can take another pandemic right now. But I don't know. I could take another lockdown right now. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, you know you I'm can just tired. have your own lockdown. No, I can't. Staying at home. Oh, can I, Sean? Can I? <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. We're too, you we've... keep scheduling too many things. You schedule things. I am. Wait, me? Yes, I am feeling like... It's like we've had like two years of FOMO that we're just lashing through in the past like month. It's definitely gotten way busier lately, but you know what? We have movies again. The James Bond that we almost saw at the beginning of this pandemic is now out yeah, at the like, end. Literally, we were right before the pandemic happened. We were trying to watch like all the Daniel Craig James Bond movies in time for the No Time to Die to come out. Yeah, and uh, we never finished, and we had <laughs> almost two years to do it. But well, it's because we were doing it with someone, and then you know, right. then we all started doing the stay-at-home order. I remember most of the storyline. The only one I don't remember is the one that we saw at the drive-in, where mm-hmm. the screen was like too dark to see. It was like you know, it was like right. <laughs> a little too dark to see what was happening, and the audio was like a little too muffled. It was the one with Christoph Waltz. Like I don't know a single yeah. thing that happened in that. Yeah, because I remember the one with Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Yeah. That was the Skyfall. Right. Well, he was in another one too, right? He was in two mm, of them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But now this one's Rami Malek, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Uh, that's fine to book in at least our experience of the pandemic. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't a new beginning. <laughs> no. Well, so and that's what I was, was about to say. If they release the Cats 2... <laughs> Then, then we're really fucked. <laughs> because Cats began the pandemic, and Cats 2 could definitely start a new one. Do not release Cats 2, please. <laughs> please. Please do not you. release Cats do, 2. Do not release the butthole cut. Yeah, don't release the butthole cut. <laughs> For any of you who haven't heard about the butthole cut, supposedly Cats was originally filmed where they had buttholes, like like regular cats. Mm. Uh, but these are human, like, anthropod, like, uh, bipedal <laughs> cats that walk up on two feet. That would be... A little too traumatizing to have such humanoid <laughs> cats that also had buttholes. So at least they had common sense to avoid one aspect of that movie. <laughs> one. One aspect of that movie. Well, I hear that it's fall, and thus we continue our horror movie picks. So I get to have the movie choices this week. Oh, wait, speaking of fall, I don't know if this is fall or summer. What do you associate bees and honey with? That's probably summer, right? Like spring. Yeah, probably spring, too. <laughs> One of the seasons, I'm drinking Let's Be Homies. Which B is, with B-E-E. Yeah. It's uh, from Deschutes and Stone. It's a collaboration. It's a hazy India pale ale brewed with honey. Well, I'm drinking uh, um, from Trib Tab, which is my favorite brewery in Birmingham. Peaches and Cream, which is a smoothie-style sour ale. It's pretty delicious. Not bad. Is that one that I got you? Mm-hmm. We're almost out of those then. Yeah, I think this is my last one. Yeah. All right, so the movies that we have coming up, can you remind us what they are? Yeah, so I chose for my good movie, The Others, which is from 2001, a movie with Nicole Kidman. Yep. 
Um, and then my bad movie, which I'm kind of, I don't think it's going to be that bad, is Tower of Terror, which was a made for TV um, Disney movie um, as a part of, uh, you know, promoting the Tower of Terror ride. It was made way after they actually opened Tower of Terror, but, you know, in the vein of Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, and everything else. It might not have been like way after. I don't know. I'll have to look up the dates on that. We'll come back with that whenever we introduce. Yeah, I bet Tower of Terror came out in the 90s, right? Um, I just watched the thing about this. I thought it was the 80s, but... It would have to be the late 80s if it was the yeah, 80s. Yeah, I have to look it up. So, The Others, which you have not seen. So, start thinking of A Shot in the Dark. Yeah. You know, one problem with horror movies is that they love pulling the John Grisham, where it's just named The Blank. The something. Yeah, the something. So it's like the others, the strangers. Mm-hmm. You know, all that type of stuff. Sure. The hereditary. The <laughs> Ohio State University. What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that started out as a horror at the beginning of the year. At least that's right. But um, no, but I mean, like, it's hard to keep track of these horror movies when they all have very, very similar titles. The other ones that I can never keep track of are the Possession and Exorcism movie uh, movies. Are you talking about the Conjuring? No. No, What's no, the no. Possession? No, I'm saying like possession movies about possession oh. or exorcisms. Because they're oh, always yeah, the called... Exorcism movies, I'd never know. Yeah, because... Well, so you have The Exorcist, right? And that's an easy one. And that one's like a flagship, so you understand what it is. Mm-hmm. But then there's always like The Exorcism of Jane Doe. The Emily exorcism Rose. of Emily Rose. The exorcism of some other girl. Also, do men not get possessed and need exorcism? Because I have noticed a, a big theme in exorcism stories that they're always women. Um, In that most recent Conjury movie we watched, it was a guy. Yeah, I guess that's true. That was a boy. But for the most part, it's is this kind of like witchcraft type thing? You know, like Probably. where it's like... It's just women getting accused of having right, demons. just had their period. And it's like, you need an exorcist. Right, because... <laughs> I, I don't really understand the whole concept behind. I mean, it has to be like 90% of possession and exorcism movies are female. Right. I don't know if you would you consider them protagonists or antagonists if they're the possessed? I think your protagonist can still be an antagonist. You know, it can be the villain and still be the protagonist. Well, at least it's the main character. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so the others is so quick story time. I would say around like 2002, I was blessed with a gift that only the richest of people get. And that was a portable DVD player. Mm-hmm. And my portable DVD player was as thick as a brick. And like a five inch screen. Yeah. I would say the full size was like the iPad, like the like size of an iPad mini and then like an even tinier screen as the screen. It would get real hot. Its fan would roar louder than the the movie playing. But my dad, Ken, would, he was able to burn like three DVDs. And one of them was The Others, the movie Red Eye with uh, Rachel McAdams and Elaine Murphy. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, And I feel like there was one more, but those are the two that I know for sure. And so I would watch The Others all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I loved The Others. I genuinely thought it was terrifying. And it's like the first... I'll go back into more of, like, why I also love it, because I don't want to ruin anything. But yeah, so that's what I think of. I, when I think of The Others, I think of my childhood, and I watched it so many times. But I haven't seen it in, like, probably, like, twenty to eight, 18 to 20 years. Yeah. So as I'm reading the description, think of your shot in the dark. Okay. 
So the synopsis is Grace, played by Nicole Kidman, the devoutly religious mother of Anne and Nicholas, moves her family to the English coast during World War II. She awaits word on her missing husband while protecting her children from a rare photosensitivity disease that causes them causes the sun to harm them. Anne claims she sees ghosts. Uh, Grace initially thinks that the new servants are playing tricks, but chilling events and visions make her believe something supernatural has occurred. Is this, where is it set? On the English coast. Are they American or English? English. Okay. So they're not like, uh, because some of these horror movies are like, uh, I'm an American and Mm -hmm. I moved to England and now I'm trying to learn how to live in this. Could you imagine being American and being like, where I need to move to right now in World War II is England. Some people had to do it. Why? I mean, it's something that happened. I'm sure that there were some people that moved, even though it was being bombed and all that. Why? It's just some people have to do that stuff. Like who? I don't know. Why do some people run off to Syria in the middle of all that? You know, there's, there's stories about like some like Canadian woman who was kind of like converted. Yeah, but that that's your reason. Like you can say that she was radicalized. Well, I would assume in this case, you know, you might get married. What was the movie that we saw about the American woman who went to England and like had to live in the manor and it was haunted? I don't know. We've watched so many movies exactly like that plot point. That's kind of the plot point of everything. (laughs) It was a movie, though, and I can't remember who was in it. Was it Jennifer Lawrence? No. Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Either which way. So this is a British woman. She lives in England. She moves to the Mm -hmm. countryside. Thinks Mm -hmm. that the house is haunted. It doesn't mention the husband. So I'm assuming he's... The husband's missing from war. From war. So they're waiting to hear what's happened to him. Okay. Hmm. He was a photographer, I think, for the war. This is a tough one. So I feel like a, with a storyline like that, I feel like it's a commentary on like they're trying to deal with his loss and and that's why they are seeing ghosts or that type of thing. Kind of like Babadook. Remember mm-hmm. like that was like have, had a whole theme of yeah, like, like why. Grief, yeah, like yeah. grief. I kind of feel like they're going to go with something like that. I think if it goes in that route, that there's going to be a scene where he finally does where they think they see him or he shows up, but maybe he's not alive. Okay. So like he shows, they think they see him or he shows up, but he's not actually alive. Like they like imagined it or it was like a ghost. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. If they go that route of like where this is handling the grief of his death or something like that, I could definitely see a scene where like all these things happen and then they look off and he's like, come like out in the road or whatever. Yeah. I think that's a great one. So, not surprisingly, there aren't published drinking rules for this. So, while I didn't find, like, rules for this movie, there's a million websites that have rules for um, just, like, Halloween and horror movies in general. Mm -hmm. And all of them are kind of the same. So, while a lot of these I know won't apply to this, I'm just going to – I mean, there's, like, 30. So, I'm just going to kind of run through these and yell out the ones that I think could apply. Um, every time there's a cut scene with a loud noise, it's meant to scare you, but nothing actually happens. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really good one for horror movies. Every time someone trips for no apparent reason when running away, someone grabs a butcher knife. A killer doesn't count. Every time someone warns a character of danger way ahead of time, but they don't listen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Especially given the era. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a scene where Nicole Kidman is in a bathtub, like an old clawfoot bathtub. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's probably going to happen. Yeah. I don't know why they always was, show that scene, but it's in all horror movies and it's always like a clawfoot. Is that like a shot in the dark? Like, 
I don't know how many bathing scenes they're going to show in a single movie. No, maybe they can be like a finish your drink rule. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> that'll just be like a, uh, not a shot in the dark, but like, because this is set in that era mm-hmm. where you have those types of bathrooms. And mm-hmm. even when the movies aren't, even mm-hmm. when they're set in the 80s, they're still in clawfoot bathtubs. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why every house that anybody has ever been in, in all eras of horror movies, is right. always a Victorian style house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which also brings me to the pet peeve that I have with, of horror movies is, do ghosts not exist from other eras? No. All ghosts that anybody has ever seen was a Victorian era ghost. Yep. And that's it. Nobody ever sees like the person who died two years ago in their house, right? right. Like that never happens. It's always right. like some 1800s person in like a nightgown. Right. Anyway, that's a pet peeve. But I think that we're going to see if we ever see ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. But I, I, I definitely, if they're going to be dressed like that, of course. But I'm, I think that there's going to be that bathtub scene 100%. Probably. Okay. Well, I think that are all the rules that applied to us here. Do you have a Nicole Kidman rule? No. Should I? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Just what, what's something that Cole, Nicole Kidman does? She does this thing where like um, she's acting with both tears and snot coming out of her face. Oh, I could see that happening. And it's kind of like she does like this like kind of like shaking thing as she does it. Like that's like a signature Nicole Kidman acting moment. We can do have another finish your drink rule for that if that happens. I think it's going to happen a lot. We should just make that a rule. Okay. It'll be a rule then. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, I'm really excited for you to see this. Yeah. I uh, look forward to it. My, I might remember that I had already seen it. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Let's go. Others. A movie that ne- almost never was. A movie that had so much screaming. <laughs> It had a lot of screaming, but not like... Not like scary screaming, just like like, screaming. (laughs) Curtains! What? Curtains! Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, It is a movie that uh, almost never was. (laughs) And we we had a debrief before we got on the mic to decide how we're going to handle this, because the story to us being able to watch the others tonight is an entire saga within itself. So we've decided that we're going to talk about the movie, and then we're going to talk about the saga that the movie put us through. Yeah. So in terms of the movie, uh, it all begins with a scream. And, <laughs> Literally. And <it> never <laughs> stops screaming. <laughs> Specifically, Nicole Kidman doesn't <laughs> stop screaming. It's not that she's, like, screaming, like, blood-curdling shrieks. The first one is. But the rest of the movie is just her being loud and overdramatic. It's true. And if there's one thing about the movie that was like a little rough for me, because the movie's good. The movie's good. It feels like a well-made movie. But the only aspect of the movie that got to me was Nicole Kidman's acting. Because Nicole Kidman, the whole time, she's kind of acting like the way that a 1930s or 40s actress would act in a horror movie. Yeah. Like, always just like staring off out of a window yeah. Like holding her hand to her neck. Right. Someone walks up and like you never turn to look at them. You just keep you like monologue as you stare out a window. Right. That type of thing. The background music felt very like 50s-esque. I mean, it was set in World War II. Yeah, but it's like specifically the music that would play in like a 1940s or 50s horror movie. Right? Yeah. 
You want to know what's a success is that I didn't have to see one horse during this period piece. Which, I guess it was beyond the era of horses. It was, but still, if anything seemed like it was going to have a horse in it, it was this one. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't even know where to start with this movie. I will say that I think that my adoration of a good thriller mystery might have started with this. And that I think this is the first time that I saw like a like a true twist in a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that like and when I think about it and I think about like how many times I rewatched it and why I loved it so much, I think it truly is just kind of like the birth of my love of like mystery twist. I think it's a good storyline. It's not like an M. Night Shyamalan twist and it's not trying to be like too incredibly like over the top. They do a lot of foreshadowing and almost yeah. like foreshadowing that begins too early. In my opinion. I think it's like they basically are... It's almost like they're not trying to hide from the audience what the twist is. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it even more brilliant. Like, I think it's like one of those things where, like, it's making you the whole time being like, no, that couldn't be it. Especially at this time. Like, like, I feel like if this movie came out now, like, we'd be questioning it way more. Mm -hmm. But, like, in 2001, like, true movie plot twists weren't that big of a thing to expect. Mm Mm-hmm. So the movie begins with a twist even <laughs> in that this movie takes place in an English manner that has like 50 bedrooms. I think at one point in time they even say that there are 50 different rooms with 15 different keys or something like that. Yes. Okay. So it begins with a, a new like groundskeeper and maid mm-hmm. or whatever you would call her mm-hmm. uh, coming to the house and they're being shown around the house. Because they're, you know, Nicole Kidman says, like, well, the last people left, whatever. And so she's showing them around, telling them what they have to do with each thing. And even though there's 50 different rooms, she turns to the nurse and she's like, you can basically stay in the attic. Right. And then she goes, turns to the groundskeeper and says, "Mm, you can stay in the shed. (laughs) Out back. (laughs) She has 50 rooms. But that man has to stay in the shed out back. He can't stay in a, in a bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, whatever. It's just her and her two kids. But um, because, as we read in the thing, her husband is away uh, in World War II. So, I don't know. I don't know why he can't stay in the house or why the other woman has to stay in the attic. But uh, that's the first twist of the movie. The other thing that is immediately introduced is this notion that, as Ashley said when we read the synopsis, the kids are photosensitive. They can't be in the light. You have to always keep everything mm-hmm. dark. As she's walking them around, she's also like, if you ever walk into a new room, you have to close the door behind you and lock that door and then go into the new room. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can never leave any door open right. and you always have to lock it. Because some for some reason, she has this conception that she even says out loud that light is like water and it's going to like flood through each room. Which to me seems like she doesn't understand how light works because light doesn't just enter a room and then keep (laughs) going to any other room. (laughs) Like there has to be a source of light and it can directly land on something, but it can't go like around corners and (laughs) like literally five rooms in. Um, This house also has a lot of interior rooms and yet she keeps her kids in a room that is on the perimeter of the house with a window. Yep. Which introduces this whole issue that you always have to have curtains. Yep. And all the curtains have to be drawn because mm-hmm. she chose not to use an interior room for where her kids stay. Right. It is confusing. 
Um, obviously, kind of the center of the story are the two children. Um, and and I want to say Michael. I can't remember the boy's name. Let's pretend his name's Michael. But Anne looks like one. She looks like a little Drew Barrymore. Like like E.T. era? Yeah. Like, it's all I could think of every time I was looking at her. It felt like I was watching Drew Barrymore. But she is so precocious. Like, so she's the one who can see the ghost. And is, like, very much, like, trying to tell her mother and her brother that, no, like, everything that's happening is because of a ghost. Like, I've seen them. I've talked to them. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But she's so precocious. And there's a specific moment where she she is being punished for lying about the ghost. Basically, blaming the ghost for something that her mother believes she did. And her punishment is to stand on the stairs and read the Bible. And during this punishment, uh, Nicole Kidman's character... She starts hearing some of the, like, going-ons around the house. And, like, it's like, she can account for Anne. Anne's not doing it. She sees the servants outside. They can't be doing it. So now she's like, is there someone in the house? And so she's, like, confronting Anne. And she's like, is there someone in the house? And, and Anne's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, don't lie to me. She's like, well, I told you what it was the first time. And now you're punishing me. So I don't really know what to tell you. And she just gets really precocious, and she gets into this whole thing, and I was like, wow, that's me as an adult. Like, that is how I feel like I handle every situation. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Uh, you have a lot in common with the little girl. that was I didn't when I was a little girl. I was a very well-mannered, respectful little girl. As an adult, not so much. <laughs> and did you ever use her fa- saying the one that you chanted with her when she said it? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I completely forgot about it. It's like a song you haven't heard in forever, but suddenly you know all the words. Uh, there's one part where she's taunting her little brother, and she's calling him a county county custard. And I kept, and so like as soon as she said it, I started being able to chant it with her, and I was calling Sean a county custard. But it's county, right? A county custard. Yeah, county. County county custard, right? County county custard. Yeah, because it's like like a coward, but like a county. And a custard. I don't know what custard means. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> They're very British little children, and it takes place in a very British uh, 1930s, 40s house. Uh, I mean, much older than that, like an 1800s house, but they're living in it in the in the 40s. The other thing I love is now the time that, you know, Nicole Kidman's ready to acknowledge that there's what they're calling the intruders in their home. And says, like, look, I've made a drawing of all the ones that I've seen and how many an account of how many times I've seen them. This thing is about as good as a drawing of the leprechaun. From the news leprechaun say yeah, and that is that news story is from my hometown, so I have I feel like a very personal closeness to it. But you see, like Nicole Kidman, like running through the house, like looking at old photos that are like from the house, and trying to see if she can find like a family that's died that like looks like them. But she's literally holding up like photographs and holding it up to her daughter's drawing. And it's, it's like, like a little bit better than a stick figure. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. There are a couple of. Th- unintentionally funny things in there that's one another one that i wrote down in terms of my favorite quote is like like i said before the doors always have to be shut the curtains always have to be drawn later in the movie she wakes up and all the curtains are gone and so Mm -hmm. it's like well who did this is it the Mm -hmm. intruders like is it the ghosts Mm -hmm. or whatever and so she goes up to the maid and the groundskeeper and she says She's furious Mm -hmm. because clearly she's blaming them for having taken down this stuff and they're Mm -hmm. acting kind of shady. And she's like, you're going to help me find the curtains. And after you help me hang them, you need to leave and never come back. (laughs) 
she's like, do this really shitty task so with me. So she's literally like, you're going to go around the whole house, this 50 room house, and you're going to look for the curtains. Then you're going to help me hang those curtains across all the windows of this entirely, like, you know, all this, this huge house with so many windows. And then you're going to leave and never come back. Right. That's normally not how that works. You don't normally make the demand like to leave and never come back before right. you know you have them do all those things. But that was pretty funny. Nicole Kidman also loves walking around the house with her shotgun. <laughs> uh, she does that the whole time. There's like a chest where she keeps a gun. And the whole movie long, even though her kids are always running around the house and playing and doing things, her first thing is to always go to that shotgun and then walk around the house looking for the intruders with it. But isn't that a terrible idea for your like kids like popping out? And, yeah, it's a horrible, horrible idea. <laughs> like if your kids are just playing hide and seek and you're walking around the house with a shotgun? Yes, it really is. In terms of like drinking with this movie, I feel like you can just make everything about Nicole Kidman's mannerisms. Yeah. Screaming, screeching, crying, being really fucking awkward talking to people. <laughs> Yeah, she's overly dramatic, and it is a little difficult because she's so loud. Like, just <laughs> the volume is so loud sometimes, but mm-hmm. not nothing else is. So it's like when you watch a commercial, mm-hmm. and it, like, everything's quiet, and then one commercial comes on, and it's, like, 50 times louder. Mm-hmm. That's what Nicole Kidman feels like throughout this whole movie. Right. So it makes it a little difficult because you have to keep turning the volume down, and then you can't hear the kids talk or, like, the maid and, and groundskeeper talk. Right. So then you have to turn it up, and then Nicole Kidman decides to scream. Right. It's like, that's it's a whole thing. Right. I'm, I'm feeling a little touchy because I feel like we're talking about this movie as if it's not a good movie. I think it still holds as a really great horror movie. I think that it was a good movie, and I think that you... It's not like Nicole Kidman is terrible. There were just things about her that, it, like, got on my nerves. Yeah, sure. But really, it was just her. There mm-hmm. was nothing else really about the movie that got on my nerves. Right. So would you call it a good movie? Yeah, I would, I would say it's a good movie. Interesting. What would you rate it? Well, first, I want to say, in terms of the drinking rules, like we said, there wasn't really, like, drinking rules posted for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say anytime that she grabs that gun, yeah, you, that's could a drink, good one. <laughs> you could drink to that. Anytime they mention curtains, or you see curtains, mm-hmm. or they anytime talk about she light, yells Mrs. Mills. Yeah, that's the, like, maid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if she says uh, Mrs. Mills... And then, like you said, Nicole Kidman's mannerisms. If you did all those, you could drink to it. It's one of those movies where it's maybe like a little too like involved to drink mm-hmm. easily to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a horror movie that's a little less serious. You know, it's like it's kind of like how I feel about like the first Conjuring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the first Conjuring would make a good drinking movie, right? Even though it's a good movie, right? And you could drink to it, but it's like you would get too caught up in the narrative to to remember to drink, right? Right. So it's one of those types of movies. But in terms of a movie, I think that I would give it like maybe an 80. And I'm trying to judge it too. So, I mean, it wasn't like fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's also a little hard because now there are so many other horror movies mm-hmm. that are so similar. Right. And maybe like at this point in time, if it was 2001, it was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But now it's not. So it's hard because I didn't mm-hmm. see it originally like you did. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to compare. Yeah. Um, I give it an 83. Um, so we're close. Yeah. It's the same thing. I still would say that it's probably, I don't think it could be removed from my top five favorite, like, scary slash horror movies. It's not really horror. I feel like horror is more like slasher type stuff. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. It was one of those weird things where, like, two minutes before a line was said or something happened, like, I was, like, remembering my memory, like, the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny because it's been so long since I've seen it. 
Um, so that was fun. Um, I thought the story was really great. I really enjoyed watching it. I'm glad that we got to watch it. Yeah, it's also the type of movie, it's like a ghost story, but it's not, there's no blood. Right. Like there's no blood or anything like that for the for that matter. There are jump scares, but there mm-hmm. aren't, there's nothing like particularly gruesome right. about this Which movie. Right, right up my alley. I don't care for gruesome. Right. Okay, well, we can't... <laughs> We can't talk about this movie without talking about how we almost never saw this movie tonight. <laughs> right. Well, there's there's two aspects of not right. seeing this movie. The first is that uh, is what happened for us to actually be able to watch the movie. The second is that when we finally did find the movie and we began to play it, uh, the producers were Tom Cruise and Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> so. <laughs> so every bad thing I felt about possibly pirating, pirating this movie when I was younger or us having to... Stream, stream it movie. from my weird website tonight. Um, I don't have any guilt about it. Yeah. Clearly, though, uh, when you were a young child and had to watch your burned DVD copy, mm-hmm. there's a reason. Because clearly it's not available anywhere in the United States. <laughs> it made almost $100 million in the box office. Yeah. So that's a big movie <laughs> to just have disappeared off of all streaming yeah. platforms. You like It's not available anywhere. So kind of, you know, <laughs> behind the curtains, but really translucent curtains. Um, The way movie night always goes is we know what we're going to watch. Rarely, I mean, we don't even bother looking up the movies anymore. Unless it's something obscure, like we're going to watch Tower of Terror. I had looked for it before because I thought of it and couldn't find it anywhere. Thus, I found a $5 DVD and got it. Right. Thus far, there have been a couple movies that we had to buy that we couldn't Mm -hmm. just rent. But they're always on Amazon to buy. Right. So even if you can't rent them, you can almost always buy them through something. Right. And so we have we have a Fire TV stick. And so as we're beginning movie night, I'm, it's my ritual. I go to the search function in the Fire Stick and I search for our movie name. And if it's streaming on any platforms that we might have, and boy, do we have all of them and then some after tonight. Um we can do it off that, or we might have to run it. A lot of times we run the movie that we're watching. And like Sean said, even sometimes we end up buying it. You know, it's all an investment in all two years in entertainment. Right. But also, the only movie so far that we haven't been able to find is The Room. Right. And The Room, as far as I know, wasn't even released through a production company, really. It was through Tommy Wiseau's mm-hmm. own thing. Right. So that's probably why it's so contained and not on any streaming service. And so that's one that we couldn't buy either and had to find like on YouTube or something like that. Right. But beyond that, this this is the only other movie. And this is not a room quality movie. As you just said, it made $100 million mm-hmm. and had Nicole Kidman as a lead actress. Right. And so when I typed it in, I think it's like the first time I've ever been able to find like the movie comes up. I select it. And then I'm told movie title currently not available. And so, okay, that's weird. We go onto Apple TV. Can't find it there. Um, confirm. We like look online. It says maybe Google Play has it. Well, on Amazon Fire Stick, you can't use any Google products. So I like pull up my phone. I'm like, well, we can do it on there and we can stream it from my phone, like to the TV. Uh, you can't actually buy it there. Yeah, it turns out it's only on the German Google Play. Right. <laughs> I looked it up because the synopsis where it was available to do through Google Play was all written in German. Right. So Sean is pretty great at find, like being able to quickly uncover where to find things. So you are looking into where we could possibly stream this and you find... Shudder. 
So it's like shudder, like I'm shuddering with fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, is this a legit site? And I'm like, probably not. And then he looks into it and it's actually a streaming service that is owned by AMC. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, it's a horror centric streaming service. Right. And so, and I go and look at it and you Google like where to stream the others. The third thing that pops up is Shutter. And it says, stream the udders uh, the <laughs> with Shutter. <laughs> Wait, is that why we didn't find this? Because we kept searching for the udders. <laughs> <No. laughs> well, well, okay. So, but here's the thing. This shows up on Shutter, mm-hmm. Shutter.com or whatever. It shows the background image, which is like a still mm-hmm. screen, like still shot from the movie. Mm-hmm. It has a synopsis. It has a trailer. It shows the date and the little everything. And it has right? like the play button. And it has a play button. And when you click on the play button, it says log in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we go to Shutter on the app. We find it. It's an app on on the Fire Stick, I guess. Mm-hmm. Probably on everything. But we look at it, we log in, and they have a seven-day free trial. So we're like, okay, we can do a seven-day free trial. So we log in, we go to the search bar, we type in the, nothing is coming up. We type in the O, (laughs) nothing is coming up. (laughs) Type in the O-T-H, (laughs) and nothing is coming up. So then I'm like, well, I just, I was on this page. So I go back to the laptop, I find the page, I'm there, I click on play. It asked me to log in. So I use our new login information <laughs> that we have for the streaming service. I log in and it says, sorry, you have to reload. There's nothing on this page. <laughs> so here we are. We're also like, we're definitely glossing over the fact that we like had like a 10 minute discussion on if we should sign up for the site because we're like, is this legitimate? Should we be giving in our credit card information? Well, it is Sean, legitimate. Sean's yeah. concerned of what if we forget and we're going to go past a seven day trial for the thing that seems really weird and doesn't have anything on it that we want. Yeah. Well, so it turns out it has a lot of things that we want. Because <laughs> just not the others. Just not the others. Um, <laughs> it has all sorts of like rare horror movies, but we also are looking through and they have shutter exclusives and it's, it's and so lot. we look at it and i've never heard of this streaming service they already have their own exclusives didn't mm-hmm. we find out it came out in like 2018 or something like that yeah and it also has like a show with Suki waterhouse who's not nobody eh, i don't know who that is but yeah mm-hmm. so you know we are going through these and so we watch the trailers for like half of these and some of them don't actually seem that bad, but we're some like, of them seem But horrendous. we're doing it like as like, so one, we should kind of go back and say Shutter didn't have the others. We wouldn't watch the others No, it did not have the others. I don't know why it advertised that it did unless it was to trick people like us. <laughs> when they got us. But it, you know, that kind of blows my mind because if you were trying to trick people into thinking you had a movie to get them to sign up for your free trial, you wouldn't choose a movie from 2001 right <laughs> like i don't think that the way to to garner new prospective subscribers <laughs> is like so what movie was nicole kidman in in 2001 but you say that and then we did it and then now we're talking about it on a podcast yeah i mean i guess so but <laughs> um you know you know and i thought about this too could it be because of harvey weinstein is that Possibly. potentially if he like had to do with that movie and he was in the credits yeah, it's so weird because it wasn't under the Miramax umbrella, so it's really weird to have them, because his brother was a, a producer too. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to have them as producers, but it not be a Miramax film. I can't remember if it was before or after or at the same time, but wasn't there also like Weinstein Group or something oh, like that? Possibly. I thought that there was, because I know there was Miramax, but I thought that there was like something with Weinstein in the name. Uh, either which way, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not on Shutter. 
So if you want to <laughs> sign up and look at Shutter, you can. It has Joe Bob's Spooky Hootenanny. <laughs> Actually, it has a whole bunch of Joe, Joe Bob's. Bob's. Joe Bob something. I don't know what who Joe Bob is or what he does, but um, that was one of the common things on there. Has some of its own shows, all that came out in 2021, as far as I could tell. Wow. Um, so we're now proud subscribers of uh, Shudder. And we watched the others on some sh- weird-ass streaming website that happened to have the full movie. Yeah. Which, I mean, ended up working out great. Yeah. Because the only thing I found on YouTube was a Hindi-dubbed uh, <laughs> version <Not> of it. <laughs> so anyway, so back to Shudder. So now, like, after we've watched the others, we're like, we have to look at Shudder. Like, we've we, we've now committed to this. So that's when we start looking at the trailers. And then we see that they have something called the Ghoul Log. It's like the fireplace thing. Yule Log. The Yule Log <laughs> that you can play in the background, you know, like, just to make it Christmassy. Right. So this is supposed to be just a streaming jack-o'-lantern. And I was like, we have to see this. So we've watched all the trailers, and so I was like, this is the first thing we're going to play. We go to play it, and it says, fail to play video. And then I start to say... Have we actually been given proof concept here? <laughs> because we've watched a lot of ads on this streaming service, but I have yet to watch a real thing. That's true. We hadn't clicked on a single movie or show to make sure that they <laughs> existed or could play. And we had only watched trailers, and the ghoul log did not work. And you would imagine that <laughs> a static Jack Lantern thing, akin to the fireplace log that just sits in the background, would be the simplest of all things to stream. You would think. So then we go to one of their exclusive shows, also fails to play. And now I'm getting a little worried that we signed up for a service that can't play any shows. And I'm, and I'm beginning to wonder whether I actually found the correct information that it's owned by AMC. Um, but luckily, I restart the fire stick and it worked fine after that. So maybe, maybe it's just a glitch and it wasn't with them because everything else worked fine. But uh, the Google log worked. It was filmed on uh, an iPod Nano. <laughs> Did that have a camera? I don't remember I don't if those know. had cameras. But it has like the pinhole filter on it where, you know, like that, like it's like just a circular, like with the edges of the screen grayed out. Yeah. But like <laughs> on Netflix, when you play the Yule Log thing, it looks pretty HD. Yeah. This literally looked like I took an old Nokia and, <laughs> and filmed a pumpkin with a little tea light, <laughs> like tea candle in it. And then puts like background like whoo, like that type of noise in the background right uh, i don't know who I, I cannot imagine what type of person would possibly want to sit with that playing in the background me either but clearly somebody somebody somewhere that's how we <laughs> how we got an app called shutter <laughs> yeah and i don't know if we'll keep it or not but um we have it for now I we have it for on, seven days. I'm going to reach out to them and tell them about this episode and see if they want to sponsor us. Yeah. Well, you know, we looked it up and uh, I looked up how many subscribers Shudder has. Turns out they have a million subscribers. Now a million and one. Million and one subscribers, which is pretty, I mean, pretty fascinating. I guess AMC Plus also carries Shudder content, but they only co- co- carry the best of Shudder content. So if you want all the exclusives, you have to sign up for Shudder. <laughs> And I, I guess AMC has enough interest to to get subscribers to their specific, like channel-specific streaming service. Well, I guess we should actually talk about the other movie that we're going to watch. Yeah, not on Shutter. Almost a movie we didn't watch because I lost the movie <laughs> for a minute. 
this is one that we had to buy on DVD. <laughs> and then I couldn't find the DVD in between the break. I was like, wait, I don't know where it's at. Sean was able to finally find it. But anywho, so this is a movie that came out in 2000 or 2000, 1997. We were about to have to subscribe to Dunsty Plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kirsten Dunst specific <laughs> streaming service. Very little information out about this movie because I don't know if anybody but me knew that it was a thing. What was interesting is that, so on the box that we got, it says it was released in 1997. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes says 2003. But I know that's not true. It's very different. Yeah. So the really quick synopsis is a journalist played by Steve Guttenberg. Gutenberg? Yeah, not Guttenberg. <laughs> Gutenberg. And Helpers, uh, which were played by Kristen Dunst and Nia Peoples, investigate a 1939 mystery in which five people vanished from a hotel elevator on Halloween. AKA if you've gone into to the ride of Tower of Terror at Disney World, the exact <laughs> plot of that ride. Makes sense. They stuck truer to the ride than the Haunted Mansion did. Yeah. Uh, let's see what year that, that the ride opened. You know, this uh, makes me think that now that we are avid Shudder fans, <laughs> I feel like we need to pitch to Shudder a TV series. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't, uh, it can just be a movie. It doesn't have to be a series. Which would be a horror ver- version of the animatronic Contra Bear Jamboree. <laughs> because I think Contra Bears, maybe it's on Disney Plus. Have you seen it on Disney Plus? I haven't I looked. I haven't looked for it. I don't know if it's on there. I really hope it's on there. But that could easily be a horror movie. And is Disney so connected to the Contra Bear Jamboree, the movie? Or it's I think it's just Contra Bears. Right, Country Bears, the movie. Yeah. Are they connected enough to it? I don't know. That they wouldn't maybe give up the rights for like (laughs) $150? (laughs) Or just lend the rights so that just so that we can, you know, we're just doing a licensing thing where we can (laughs) make a horror version of Country Bear Jamboree on Shudder. (laughs) It was on Disney Plus. Country Bears is? Yeah. Well, do they need a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen-style Halloween movie about the Contra Bears? Because I just think that the Contra Bears is, is a perfect thing to turn into a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. Um, by the way, Tower of Terror opened in 94, so this came out three years after it opened. Okay, so pretty close. Right. But long after Twilight Zone was a thing. Right. Um, I don't remember really anything about the movie I do think I remember, remember, um, Boy Meets World, um, Morgan, Corey's little sister. Mm-hmm. I think the actress who played Morgan, not like little girl Morgan, but like the like slightly older Morgan. I think she plays like the little girl in this movie. I hmm. might be wrong though. Okay. Is Topanga in it? Uh, no. <laughs> That's all I would care about. Especially in the mid, in the mid nineties or. Yeah. Late 90s. So, also not surprisingly, there's no drinking rules online for this movie. Because, again, I don't have proof that anyone but me knows it existed. Um, so, I think very, I think it's very easy to, you know, when it's a shot-for-shot scene from the ride. You and I have done the ride together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really horrible special effects. Yep. Um, I think anything that is Twilight Zone-ish, because obviously it's based off a of Twilight Zone. Right, like you're entering the whatever, like that right. type of thing. Or like the... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an elevator, like, dropping. Mm-hmm. It I has think. to drop. Yeah. At some point in time. <laughs> yeah. What else could we drink to? I don't have any good Kirsten Dunst things. I don't know enough about her mannerisms. 
Yeah. Outside of when she was married. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't have anything good there either. Maybe um, some Ghostbusterish vibes. Yeah, that seems about the time period where they would be wanting yeah. to do that. But I honestly can't think of what else it might be. Yeah, so this is one we're going to have to watch astutely. Yeah. Do you have a shot in the dark? Um, I do. I feel like it's way too obvious. But again, I've been making really obvious shots in the dark that haven't made. So um, my shot in the dark is that Steve Gutenberg is falling in love with a ghost. Okay. <laughs> That's not a bad one. I take it back. Any of the hum- three human characters fall in love with a ghost, not him specifically. So it could be like Casper. Yeah. But isn't that the premise of Casper? Kind of, yeah. That there's a love story between a living person and a ghost? And Casper, yeah. Okay, my shot in the dark is going to be if they reference any other aspect of Disney World. Okay. I don't know why they would, but maybe. Who knows? Okay. Uh, like if they reference the Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. or if they min- uh, reference anything to do mm-hmm. with something else. I-, I doubt that it's a universe where Disney World exists or mm-hmm. where they're actively talking about it. Uh, but... Where they're trying to bring in another aspect of okay. the parks into the... Here's a really specific one that I want. It's exactly yours, but it's one that I want to bring up that you might not catch. So at the time that this would have been coming out, it would have been called Hollywood Studios. It would have been called MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. So if they talk about like the pictures and like MGM, I feel like that's a good reference. Yeah, sure. That makes sense to me. I can't think about what else is at the beginning of Tower of Terror. I remember you like have to walk through like a steam room type... Area. Oh, you're going into like the very bottom floor to mm-hmm. get on the elevator. That's like what it is. Right. I don't know. Okay. Well, you ready? Yeah. And we're back from watching Tower of Terror. That was the exact nostalgic rush that I wanted it to be. It was pure 90s everything. It was the most 90s Disney-ish. Because it, it wasn't made for Disney. But it felt like made for Disney. Well, I mean, it kind of was. I mean, it was made for the, like, uh, what was it? The Wonderful World of Disney. Yeah, on or... Sunday nights on ABC. Yeah. I mean, the graphics were the most 90s of anything. They're so good. I mean, the clothing, too. Uh, everything about it kind of was just pure 90s. It was great. I loved every second of that nostalgia kick. Yeah. Not a good movie. No, not a good movie at all. But... <laughs> Kind of bad in a Disney way, more than bad in like a Rob Schneider way. Right. Speaking of Rob Schneider, though, one of the reasons I just thought about that was because Jen from The Office oh, yeah. was in this movie. Yeah. As she, a relatively main character. Yeah, she plays well in The Ghost. Oh, you just gave away the... That oh, was a secret, Ashley. It was definitely not a secret. I'm pretty sure it was in the synopsis. Jen is not a ghost. She's is alive. She? She's a living human being. Who's, oh, I get it now. Who's trying to be his <laughs> assistant or something like that. I like how we fucking spoil like movies that are in theaters, but when I try to say something <laughs> about a 90s Disney movie that you can't even find anywhere unless you buy a $5 DVD off Amazon like I did, you're like, no, 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 we, we can't spoil that. No, I'm trying to start my own DVD rental service. <laughs> we talked about this. We have two DVDs. <laughs> right now, you can either check out... We actually have three. Okay, but one is Popstar. You can check out Popstar, uh-huh. Tower of Terror, all on DVD, uh-huh. not on Blu-ray. Right. Uh, life size with Tyra oh, Banks and Lizzie That's Lohan. a double feature. And then it, well, it's not even a double feature. It came with two DVDs separately. Yeah. And the other one is Lindsay Lohan's Get a Clue. Yeah. So which we is have, a decom movie. We have three DVDs for rent, one with a double feature. Wow. So. Uh, so line right up. <laughs> <laughs> for a mere 
three ninety nine a day <laughs> with late fees. If you need to run a DVD player, that's extra. Yeah, we can. We don't have a DVD player. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> I guess we can rent out the PlayStation Three or the PlayStation Four. Wow, that becomes an extremely more expensive rental service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like back in uh, when Blockbuster used to check out like N64s. Right. You know, you had that big black case and you like went to the cash register. I mean, I wouldn't know. I never played video games, but sounds like a thing you could do. Do you remember when it was hanging at the front of Blockbuster? No. It's like there was a rack and you could get like PlayStation 1. I mean, I, I, I like, I believe you. I believe it was there. I believe that I never paid attention to it because I was on well to play video games. Yeah. It was also like outrageously expensive because it was really just for like... A kid who didn't own one, but wanted one for maybe like a birthday party. Right. Because I think it was like $30 a day or something. It was like really expensive. That's absurd. Yeah. I only got it one time because I didn't never had an N64. I had a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And they came out roughly the same time, even though the PlayStation was the first to have discs instead mm-hmm. of cartridges. So I played that a lot, but all my friends had N64. So they had games that I couldn't play, like GoldenEye and stuff like that. So... I remember trying to convince my parents to rent one and they're like, yeah, okay. But then it was something like $25 for a very short time span. And in the nineties, I mean, even now that's quite a bit of money that racks up quickly. And then you you didn't get games with it. So you had to rent the games on top of renting the system. Right. So I remember getting Mario Kart for N64 and I got to play it for like a single day because my parents realized how expensive it was to rent per day. (laughs) So, I did not get that for long. (laughs) Speaking of the 90s, though, this, in addition to just being a throwback to 90s Disney movies, it also feels specifically like a 90s Disney ad, like an advertisement for going to Disney World. Yeah. There's so much about this movie where, do you remember those old commercials about Disney where it's like the kids like trying to convince their parents to go, like they're like not sleeping Remember, it's it's Mm -hmm. almost like a Christmas type, like where they're like in bed, like trying to like get up early because they're about to go to Disney. No, but I believe you. There are some like there are commercials in the 90s about that. There are commercials where like the parents surprise the kids. Like they're like, get up. Like we have somewhere we're going. Right. Uh, Anyway, it seemed a lot like that because it focuses a lot on the Tower of Terror, but it focuses on the Tower of Terror in a way that makes you feel like they're just filming the then new tower of terror in real life right it's not like a set piece it's like it feels like they're just at the terror of terror terror in orlando confident i'm confident that they are right like why like why wouldn't they just do that wouldn't it be so much more expensive to do it otherwise well sure i I mean i think that like the set pieces were not in the tower of terror right but when they're showing the outside just like picture Mm -hmm. of it that's definitely just the real one do you think it was the one from uh disneyland or disney world at that point, I don't know if both of them had one because they've only remember. been open for two years. I think it opened at Disneyland first, right? I don't remember. So I would say Disneyland. Yeah. Well, now we can remake this with uh, Tower of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Tower of Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. <laughs> Whatever it's called now. Um, so I had a deep cut. Uh, somebody who I love was in this movie. Now, I love him so much, I don't know his real name. Not Gutenberg? No, not him. Kirsten Dunst. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, okay. So, in the 90s, there was this show on Disney Channel with the Lawrence Brothers, all Mm -hmm. three of them, and it was called Brotherly Love. 
um, set in Philadelphia, of course. And I remember you and I were talking about this like a couple of months ago. You'd never seen that show, right? Mm-mm. It's just so crazy to me because I can like remember everything. And I remember specifically there's one episode where they're like going to uh, like Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And the youngest brother who's like, he's like 10. And he like is like going and he's obsessed with the idea of playing craps. And I thought that he was swearing like on television. You okay. thought craps was swearing? Uh-huh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. I mean... <laughs> Boy, how the turntables! Because <laughs> I, uh, I talk like a sailor, and yes, that was a Michael Scott <laughs> reference. I know it's not how the turntables. <laughs> Anyways, in that show, it's like a family-owned like mechanic shop, and there's a guy that works in it. Anyway, this is a really long way of saying that the, there's this really big guy that's in brotherly love. <laughs> He's in this movie. Okay, you mean the guy who looks like Paul Walter Hauser? Yes. Kind of looks like it. Yeah. He's like the same stature. Right. And the best part of it is that his name is Q. Yeah. And so <laughs> we couldn't stop saying during the movie, we found Q. Yeah. Q looks like he could be Q, yeah, Q. honestly. <laughs> he definitely looks kind of like a neckbeard type guy. He happens to be the person in the movie who owns he like an air- the, hotel or, the hotel. Yeah, he inherited the hotel, but there's some reason that he can't like have the hotel right because the whole thing is that he keeps talking about how like if they go through all this then he can have a hotel again so he's like the inheritor of the hotel but maybe it's because it's like supposedly haunted or it's condemned or something like that and that's why like they can solve what happened right the hotel then then he can actually make it back into a hotel right uh i wasn't entirely clear on why he couldn't just make it a hotel now Mm -hmm. if he already owns it so uh, i don't know but the whole time, he's just obsessed with, like, he keeps making the comment that, well, whenever you can go in there and find out what happened in this hotel, I'm about to rake in the big bucks. <laughs> Which, like, no, you're not. This is, one, an enormous hotel. Right. That is, two, in terrible shape. Right. You're going to spend buku dollars <laughs> right. just to renovate the hotel before people can stay in it. But I will say that by the end of the uh, movie, maybe it's magic, you know, because now you solved ghost issue in the tower of terror or whatever and now everything just reverts magically back to like how it used to be in the 30s or whatever Mm -hmm. but like a week after the events of this movie they reopen that hotel and it's in like pristine condition yep like no renovation necessary even though the elevators both broke (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really i would like to use them for our next home renovation project yeah, I mean, clearly they can fix up everything in a single week. So you hadn't seen this, right? No, I've never seen it. So how did you feel? Like, did, did you enjoy it? Where you're like, this is ridiculous? I thought it was good. I I don't know. It's like, it's not the quality of a real Disney movie. Right, for sure. It's very clearly a Disney TV movie. Right. And part of that really speaks out because of the graphics. So like, there are multiple times where they're showing the hotel and it's just like on a blatant cgi background but like 90s cgi Mm -hmm. so it's just a lot of like colors sparkling Mm -hmm. and like stuff like that that makes it look not like a movie of the 90s right i'm sure that some sci-fi movies look like that that time period but it's just like i don't know you you get to something like haunted mansion which is like a not good disney movie but Mm -hmm. a real disney movie right and it looks much better not that far forward right because that's like early 2000s right so I don't know. It's maybe for that reason I didn't think it was quite as bad 
as I otherwise would have, knowing that it was made for TV. Right. And made specifically for children. Right. Kind of like the Goosebumps TV show. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like when you watch the Goosebumps TV show, it was really bad graphics-wise and acting-wise. But it's also like made for kids and like you're okay with it. Yeah, there's one scene in it that I remember whenever I'd watch it, like it'd like really scare me. And it's whenever they're in a certain room and they uncover a uh, trunk that reveals how somebody really felt about someone that caused the entire incident. Uh-huh. And I remember as a kid, like that would always scare me. I have to say as an adult, it was kind of dark for a <laughs> Disney movie. Just like that one little shot. I was like, yeah. Wow. Probably the scariest thing in the whole movie was when that old woman basically like attacked. <laughs> like she like lunged <laughs> at. Uh, I don't even remember what that like what was going on, but we rewound it and watched it like four times. <laughs> well, it's because that. So there's an old woman in this and she basically just shows up at Steve Gutenberg's house. Yes. And so she knows that they're investigating this haunted tower or whatever and she basically comes in and is like i'm the friend of the girl who disappeared in that tower and i want your help and there's something like he like scoffs her off basically but also he like is acting pretty nonchalant for someone just being randomly in his house Mm -hmm. and it's something about the way he addresses her that she is basically like hey i'll have you know like she's like kind of like very like sternly like moving toward him right but it makes him like fall off his chair and scoot back toward the wall but not in like a menacing way in like a old lady scolding you way right but that scene is so funny to watch that we rewatched it like 10 times yeah it was it was a good one that woman's acting was also probably some of the worst acting in the whole movie i don't know whose acting was good in the movie but i mean maybe kirsten dunst yeah hers wasn't horrible but that old woman was really bad. And also, like, Jen was not bad. I don't know her real name. And I don't know her name in this either. So Jen from The Office was not that bad. However, she did sometimes have a New Jersey accent and sometimes did not have a New Jersey accent. So I don't sure. know, like, if her character was supposed to have been from New Jersey or not. Because it comes in and out hardcore. Right. Well, how would you scale this movie in terms of uh, drinkability? I'd say, I mean, if we're going to rate this movie drinkability and, you know, um, watchability mm-hmm. combined, it's pretty drinkable. I think that there are a lot of scenes you could drink to. I enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. There are scenes that we rewatched, mm-hmm. which is a good part of bad movies. Right. Like that's the right type of bad movie if you want to go back and rewatch scenes. I'd say the plot is, like, not great, and it seems very childish, the mm-hmm. movie does, mm-hmm. which ha- it maybe has going against it a little bit when you're an adult watching it. I don't have nostalgia for it either because I didn't watch it as a kid, so mm-hmm. that's, uh, like, another issue. But at the same time, I kind of have nostalgia just for the way it looks because it also reminded me of, like, was it Phantom of the Megaplex? Mm-hmm. Like, that type. It reminded me a lot of that, like, how right. that's filmed, what they're wearing, that type of thing. Right. So I'd say just based off of watching it my first time as an adult, <laughs> drinking to it, I'd give it like a 24. Wow. Interesting. So I rated it lower than that, which is why I find it interesting. Hmm. I write down my rating like whenever I like, well, as soon as we finish so that I can't change it based on our conversations. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a 21. Mm-hmm. So pretty close. Yeah. All the same feelings too. I think that 
I did go in hoping that I would have liked the story better because I remember just loving it as a kid. Yeah. But definitely it was because I was a kid and like, again, it was my first foray into mysteries and things like that, which are like my favorite things now as an adult. That's how I feel about the Mary Kate and Ashley Halloween movie. I don't know how I'd feel about how to now, but mm. I remember watching it when I was a kid and thinking that it was good. I remember it scaring me, especially the first part. Yeah, I just don't remember. I'm sure it's terrible, right? I'm mm. sure the storyline is not as good as I remember it, but I remember it being good. Right. Whereas, you know, the other things were not so good, but like the Santa Claus one, that one was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like something on the way to grandma's house or something. To grandma's house we go. Yeah. And then the Halloween was Double do- double Toil and Trouble. Yeah, that one I watched a lot. Me too. I played like every year. And then I watched uh, like, oh my, how the West was fun. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> but also like when you think about these types of movies, it makes you think how good Hocus Pocus was. I've never seen Hocus Pocus. Are you kidding? <laughs> we have had so many opportunities to watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> never seen it oh my god i just submitted it for the first time like in the past week to friends <laughs> hocus pocus wasn't made for disney i'm pretty sure <laughs> well anyway it played on the disney channel or, or something on tv all the time growing up <laughs> and i mean it's like the quintessential halloween movie but yeah. also it's pretty good it holds up much better mm-hmm. it's much more i mean it is a real movie right mm-hmm. it's not just a made for tv movie i don't mm-hmm. think and so i don't know that Man, I can't believe it. This blows my mind that you watched Tower of Terror that many times and never watched Hocus Pocus once. <laughs> okay, well, next year. <laughs> yeah, it did make me, like you said, yeah, now that you specifically brought up the Olsen twin movies, it did make me very nostalgic for those. Yeah. And he's in, Steve Gutenberg's in at least one of them. I, I think remember. he was on the How the West Was Fun. I mean, he's like the, a 90s actor, right? Like, yeah. Where he did most of his acting in the yeah. 90s. Three men and a baby. Yeah. Three men and a little lady. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we have been in the throes of travel in the month of October. I think we definitely intended to do more of a full month of Halloween episodes. And I think at the time of recording this, we've done one and this is two. (laughs) Yeah. And it's past Halloween. So it's, yeah. So one, we apologize for, uh, the, uh, lack of consistency in episode releases. Um, our life is getting back to normal until the holidays hit. Um, so hopefully we'll be a little bit more regular with our episode posting, But to make up for it, we have a really exciting next episode. Yeah. We are going to have another listener on. So you guys might remember a couple episodes ago, we had um, my good friend Allison on, which I thought was a really great episode. Yeah, it was great. Um, You might have heard in the background of that episode um, what we were calling our producer. And that was our friend Will, who's also a listener of the show. And so he's going to come back. And I think Allison's going to play producer uh, for that one. Perfect. Uh, Yeah, but he hasn't told us what he's picking. So we're really excited to see what that is. But um, that's going to be our next movie night. Awesome. And we'll save Hocus Pocus for another time. (laughs) You should watch it like during Christmas just to, you know, completely. There's no reason you couldn't. There really isn't. Also, I think they're making a second Hocus Pocus. Yeah, they just started filming. Yeah. Well, we can pair those. I'm sure the new one will not be good. Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, you could pair Hocus Pocus with... What has Bette Midler in it? Hairspray? Mm-hmm. Is she in Hairspray? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of something that I thought maybe she might be in. She's in uh, the Divorce Wives Club. Okay, not that. 
I don't know. You compare like, it with Sex in the City, the movie. Why? Oh, because of Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh huh. Ooh, Sarah Jessica Parker is like in one of my favorite '80s movies. That should be one that I bring to the show sometime. Perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll see if Sean will forgive me for never seeing Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, into nuts time. All right. See you later. Bye. Okay.